stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! Uh, no, seriously. Has, uh, has anyone seen my car? Welcome back to Motorsport 101. how weird it is like doing two intros to what is essentially the same show within an hour and a half of each other it's a really weird sensation hi guys i'm andre harrison welcome to episode 119 or 120 of motorsport 101 we don't quite know what order these are going to go out in yet we'll figure this out later um <laughs> hello everyone and welcome to the third hour of monday night raw Oh god, that's that's really what this feels like, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm Joe Buck. Welcome to the top of the nineteenth. Sun grows larger. Yes, sun engulfs the world in flames. God, yes, yes. This is this is what I signed up for. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was this was awesome. Um, so yeah, like I'm not. I'm going to spare you the trouble on this one, um, on this one, but, uh, but yeah, this is our second, like, little mini episode taping part thingy, but, um, yeah, we're, we're doing this now basically to basically talk about the American stuff. We, we basically saved most of the European stuff to one block, but we put that, we put gurneys in there to kind of bounce the books. We're a really professional podcast outfit, you guys. Sadly, Katie isn't with us on this part of the show, but she's on the other one. So if you haven't listened to that already, we're talking about Formula E and Marrakesh, Autosport, and Dan Gurney. Check that out if you haven't already. And come back for this one. You know, that's that's always fun. It depends on what chronological order we end up putting this up. We don't know yet. We'll figure it out later. All we know is that the America one will definitely be up before Saturday. Probably. So... Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Like, like I like to be modest about these things. I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have me, King, RJ, and Zay with you for the second half of this recording. Well, in terms of actual breaking the fourth wall, in terms of order we've actually recorded, this is the second part. So, let's get into the B side of the recording, the American stuff. And, um, well, King, like... We had Joseph Newgarden on a cool stage, and we officially unveiled the IndyCar 2018 Aero Kit. Yes, the Universal Aero Kit, otherwise known as I UAK Cat Cat Uak Uak. It sounds like somebody being sick. It's like Uak. Something along those lines. Like a Scottish conjunction. Hi Zoe. <laughs> we love you very, very much, and your contributions to the podcast and to motorsport fandom in general are very much appreciated. Yes, for for you listeners, you you can hear Zoe give the longest sigh I've ever heard. <laughs> that's got to be a record for this show. We've done we've done 120 of these, and that's got to be the longest like prolonged sigh we've ever had. That. That takes some doing, Zoe. Well played. Well played. <laughs> you, you, you're officially a member of the team now. Welcome aboard. <laughs> nah, I, I'd uh, like to revoke her team status after what happened before the show. So, so King, do you want to talk about that by no, any chance? No, no, we're moving on. We're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been revoked for what we call a pre-show violation that we totally won't talk about on a hangout at some point. <laughs> Because that never happens with people or guests on this show, especially when it comes to their love lives. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> IndyCar. <laughs> it's like, great, they got the Universal Erica on display, which was really nice, because they had, like, a who's who of the really cool guys in IndyCar unveiling it. Isn't that right, King? Yes, <laughs> yes. On hand were IndyCar CEO Mark Miles, reigning champion Joseph Newgarden, you know, iconic team owner Roger Penske, Mario Andretti, Pretty much the who's who of the IndyCar world were there to say, hey, we've got a new car. We're heading in an exciting new direction. Come with us, please. Like, please, can we get a third engine? Like, please, can we get some more back in here? Because, like, this car looks really cool, yo. And it's like, yeah, 
like problem is we kind of knew that like six months ago. Like the car was going to look really nice. Yes. It's like you know, it's it's kind of a damp squib in terms of like unveiling like yeah, stuff that we all already knew about. Seen it in testing, which it still looks really nice. Yes, of course. No one's denying that. The problem is, like, you're unveiling something that we've all already seen. Um, which but, is just a bit of a bummer. But, you know, was, we had a bunch you know, of cool IndyCar guys announce it, it instead, it, which is yeah, really it was, nice. Yeah, it wasn't for us. It was for the North American International Auto Show, which is the largest auto show in North America, if the title doesn't imply that already. And so you have, you know, all the, you know, the biggest auto manufacturers in the world trying to say, hey, we want to sell our cars in North America. You know one thing that'll help that? Competing in IndyCar. <laughs> yeah. So, so who was out there for? I, I think I saw Roger Penske out there on Katie Hargett's Instagram, and um, I saw like Mark was, Miles was there. Mark uh, Miles was there. IndyCar, um, General Motors. Uh, Mark Bruce of General Motors. Uh, Jay Fry was there, president of competition and operations of IndyCar. Of course, we got Roger Penske. Ennio Arcangeli Jr. Uh, senior Vice President hmm. of American Honda Motor Company. So you had pretty much all the big names. Oh, and Mario Andretti was there, of course, naturally. Yes. Of course. But with Mario pointing out, the biggest problem was the fact that he didn't actually have a ride in this car. <laughs> Maybe they'll build a two-seater for it. The, no, the, no. The, the, they'll, no. they'll figure this out. It's Mario. They'll, fi- they'll figure out something for him. Listen <laughs> to the, that, that section. Roger's going to organize him a car. Oh, snap. Why? Because Roger Penske. That's why. When Roger Penske says it, it's it goes, basically. Um, so yeah, that's 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 really cool. But uh, yeah, just reminding people what we already already saw the know here. That, yeah, the car is gorgeous. Um, my God, um, I want Joseph's I want diecasts on my shelf immediately. Um, preferably with number five on it. it. Joseph's fanboying as he described it and how it was go- how it was going to improve the racing and what the aims of it were and all that was fantastic. And then he turned around, like when Jr. had said like he done really well. Joseph was like, yeah, I, I like I've listened to you do your talks, like your your tech talks, and he used like Jr. as the inspiration for how he did it, which was quite mm-hmm. nice. So, J.R. Hildebrand in his sweet, sweet Camaro cut, giving back to the sport even when he's yes. outside. Mm-hmm. NBC hired because, this man. Yes. Why? Because he has great hair. Oh, as you do. But yeah, again, I'm very glad they had New Garden there front and center because he, he needs to be there. I, got, I said it before, I did Dre briefs on this. New Garden needs to be on the posters for everything. He is a handsome young man and a devilishly good racer. Like, all of this, please. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. He only backs the best hockey teams. That's, that's <laughs> just a statement of fact. Um, he, he didn't take a selfie with P.K. Saban. I was very disappointed. <sighs> uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is definitely true. Though, way back when he first visited the team, he did get to see Shea Weber, now the Montreal Canadiens, Blast a uh, shot into the net from the other side of the arena in the 300 level. Yikes. That was wonderful. That was very, very wonderful. Um, if I may, I also had a chance to listen to another another podcast similar to ours. Got to hear RaceLearner.com's Marshall Pruitt um, basically give some insight of what to expect from this car and how it races. Um, we could probably expect to see drivers like Scott Pruitt and Will Power, who are constantly comfortable at the edge of control all the time, have a really good time with this car. A driver like Sebastian Bourdais, who always needs a planet car, um, it's going to be interesting. He's still going to be good because he's Sebastian Bourdais, but he's probably not going to be happy with the way the car behaves, at least at first. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a good thing for rookie drivers either. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking about. Like, some of these rookies are going to have a splendid time, and some of them are going to have just the worst time with even less arrow. Sorry, like, my my, my newcomer IndyCar klaxon just kicked in here. It's like, hey, but guys, cars are meant to be difficult. It's it's the top pinnacle of motorsport (laughs) klaxon kicked in there. So, like, my, my historical reference there just, just, just kicked up there. My bad. Continue. No, but, like, <laughs> say you're used to the most recent generation of GP2 cars, where they were lacking on the power side relative to downforce, where you pretty much you, you knew 
for most parts, you were going to have that grip there. Someone who is used to that, say, Jordan King, might not transition as well as he hoped. Yeah, because now you have a car with with similar mechanical grip, but way less topside arrow. It's yeah. heavier, mm-hmm. so you break a lot sooner, and that's going to throw you off. And also, you have a whole lot less power and a lot more torque. Yeah. Sweet. See, you know, these cars, you know, look awesome, and they sound very, very promising. Um, can't wait for March. Can we get to March now, please? I want to <laughs> see these cars on track. Uh, please, for the love of God. Um, the the one thing that might not be making it in this year is the windshield. Oh yeah, that's right. Good point. We're talking about this. They may push it back a little bit longer because you know they need to test this thing. Even though, like, it's been you know delayed again and again because they said they were going to run it before the end of the year, then that didn't happen, and then they they said they're going to run it uh, at a you know a test coming up and it seems like that's not gonna happen so like 2018 seemed to be off the table by like a long like well before now indeed um so yeah that that has been pushed back a year but yeah seems like they're gonna take their time in getting this right which again hardly a bad thing either um rather a slow burn than anything else but uh yeah we'll, we'll see how that holds up king could we fangirl now um, sure. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Schmidt Peterson. Um, the the rumors were true. <laughs> the rumors were true. Yes. 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 They did it, guys. They did it. They did it. King, tell, tell them what they did. <laughs> yes. New at Schmidt Peterson, they announced that they have a new lead engineer for the number five Aero Delara, driven by James Hinchcliffe. That new lead engineer is Lena Gade. Yes! It's beautiful. Oh, Wait, it's... Who is Lena Gade? Well, for those of you who maybe follow IndyCar but don't follow sports car racing so much, Lena Gade was the brains and the engineer behind Audi's wins at Le Mans in 2011 and 2012 and 2014 with Andre Lauder, Marcel Fassler, and Benoit Trellier. She is easily the most visible woman and the engineering side of motorsport perhaps the most visible woman of color in all of motorsport, and she's joining Schmidt-Peterson with arguably the series' most popular driver, and she comes in with a pretty positive attitude. She's moved over from basically heading up all of Bentley Racing's organization because she really wanted to get back into the engineering side of things. Wow. And she gets to she gets to engineer my boy's car. Ah! Oh, I'm so happy about this. This is so cool. Um, gosh, um, gang, like, SPM new favorite team. <laughs> new favorite team. They pretty much, I would say, besides this hiring, they make key hirings elsewhere. They're, they're looking to be contenders this year. Right. Yeah, they're going they are, on They're this. willing to throw as many awesome people as they can because they're probably, of the teams that are kind of stuck in IndyCar's proverbial midfield, they're probably the closest to challenging the likes of um, Penske, Andretti, and Ganassi on a consistent in-and-out and in-and-out basis. Yeah. Um, the one thing that Lena admits that she ha- doesn't have that much experience with is setting up the cars for ovals, but she's not a total novice because she got to go to uh, the Phoenix race last year to kind of get an idea of what that whole genre of racing is all about. It's, it's a very different thing to set up a car for a road course compared to an oval. There's a whole lot more nuance. And if, and if Lita can pull it off, which I know she has the ability to do, because, my goodness, she's she's got experience engineering single-seaters. She used to work in A1GP, and before that, Formula V was her gateway into racing. Not only that, her sister is a racing engineer as well, who has also worked in single-seaters. Um, this is certainly the most exciting engineer hire perhaps in IndyCar history. I'll be honest. Yeah. Just yeah, what that... she brings from from an entirely different world of motorsport to become a to become a genuine fan favorite as an engineer. That's amazing. That's nuts. And now she gets to come to IndyCar. 
Yeah. Yeah, um, where, where we don't... Engineering stars are a dime a dozen, and it normally doesn't really work out the way you think it does. Because the last race engineer that I could say that was extremely notable just by existing was Adrian Newey, and that was before he was the Newey that we know him today. Yeah, that juggernaut. <laughs> but, um, yeah, wow. Um, what, what a pull. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, yes. Again, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still kind of in awe of this. Like, King, help me out here. <laughs> like, well, yeah, the, the series themselves, like, the IndyCar series have, you know, announced that she's the first female race engineer that the series has ever had. Though, on Racer.com, Marshall Pruitt was quick to point out he that she's the first female race engineer that the Verizon IndyCar, that the IRL has ever had. CART, you know, had a female engineer in back in 96, also an English woman, Diana Hull. I mean, Diane Hull. And now she is actually head of vehicle performance in NASCAR at, at Hendrick Motorsports. Damn. So, like, Still very prominent role. Yeah, you like Jimmy Johnson's seven championships. Ah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a nice one to have on the resume. Just just throwing that out there. I, I wouldn't mind having that one next to the whole run to podcast thing. <laughs> um, like that that wouldn't be bad. So um, yeah, right. Um, worked with uh, worked with Adrian Fernandez and Tony Kanan in her time in the uh, the Carfield Series paddock. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty stout resume. Um, I'm excited for Lena coming over to IndyCar. I hope she has a lot of fun here. Yeah. I hope so because IndyCar, because the IndyCar series is, is just such a fun series, and it's it's one where the racing I've always felt and the personalities of it shine greater than anything else. And yeah, like if if the series is that excited about an engineer at the end of the day, and in any series, that's massive. And for one of her resume, which is stacked to say the least, um, that's that's unbelievable. So yeah, SBM, awesome hire. That like, I can't wait to see how they get along. And as a James Hitchcliffe fan, um, very easy to get excited about that one. Just just throwing <laughs> that out there. I'm just saying, like you know, the slightly biased opinion of me um, is is very relevant here. <laughs> I also want to point out, Lena Gate is a very engaging interview. Like she spoke with John Heidel of Midweek Motorsport this past week, and they basically just talk, shot the breeze about everything from racing to America's Cup. Wow, it's like, it's a very fun interview. She's a great uh, color commentator and analyst as well. Worth listening damn. to it on Series Thirteen, Episode Two. Um, nice one. We, yes, we have uh, we have other team related news. This is kind of an opens because i thought this was already a done deal that they were going to run full-time but arting racing are going full-time and they're going full-time with gabby chavez yeah the 2014 indy lights champion has a full-time ride and they may be a one-car team but they're certainly not going to be running around the back i hope not i mean like did like have we said like who's president of that team uh, no, we did not say, and that is one Brian Barnard, former, you know, <laughs> Boo! <laughs> former, Boo! <laughs> former race director and VP of competition for IndyCar, Jay Fry's current position. Boo! Boo! <laughs> and, and, you know, Gabby Chavez has done very well at that team during his you know one-off outings Indeed. last year pretty sure what he got fifth yeah, place he in texas three, he got fifth in texas he got ninth in indianapolis yeah very very solid driver indeed very first race yeah, I mean, we, we don't talk about that race so much now for obvious reasons, but I do remember him, uh, his last oval race at, uh, at at the Tricky Triangle where he was running second and could have very easily won that race before his engine died, I think, two laps from the end. Um, the, the guy is a, is a very talented all-rounder. And yeah, like, gosh, like we're now we've now got twenty two cars in the field with with Gabby Chavez. Now again, this was this was kind of one of those another like, worst kept secret sort of moments because most of us kind of knew Chavez was going to be there. 
full time, but that is now absolutely confirmed. Um, and as so, well, Chavez's driver coach has been pro- promoted to an executive consultant, and his driver coach was oh, who is that driver coach? Little Al, Al Unser Jr. As in wow. that guy, everybody everybody brings up as an Indy 500 winner on on like that quiz they have on IndyCar's YouTube channel. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> But yeah, like little like a little Al like, will be joining will be joining the team as well as um, retaining his job as driver coach. Yay, that's always cool. And <laughs> oh god, with Carlin's two entries and Harden's full time entry, the full time field is now at twenty two cars for the IndyCar series. Twenty two. <laughs> oh man, that is just gangster. Twenty two cars now. Like. <laughs> It's like, is that everybody now that's going to be running full-time this year, I reckon? Most likely. That is most likely our full-time runners. The only technically full-time seat left is the shared seat with Ed Carpenter at Ed Carpenter Racing. And that's already hmm. been booked up, so that really only leaves the 19 car of Dale Coyne Racing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we still really don't know who the hell is taking that seat. I, I already thought TBA was confirmed. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, TBA for yeah, the championship. Right. Woo! Reliable. <laughs> yeah, I think my gut feeling is it's going to be a full-time car with a bunch of part-time drivers. That That's my gut what? feeling for, for the 19 at Dale Coyne. Hashtag bring back Dracone. No. <laughs> hashtag, no? hashtag there's going to be another Canadian. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> But Canada's team is Motorsports 101's team. Isn't that right, King? <laughs> nah, nah, there's going to be a third Canadian from Montreal. And he has his own yeah, shoe line. Yeah, claiming the mellow leads. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we mentioned him on the last show. And yeah. his shoe line. His shoe line of very expensive shoes. They're probably over But that's fine. You get your money. <laughs> you get your money. But you can also buy in Florence. Don't forget. You can get these shoes in Florence. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's just... I think we should move on. Yeah, swiftly. Yes. Uh, yes. Let's talk Danica. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. Um, <laughs> We're talking Why are we doing Danica this again? On the podcast, we are talking Danica Patrick. Danica Patrick mania has swept the Motorsport 101 podcast. Damn it. I, damn it. When I looked at the set list, I thought it was Dan Patrick. I thought Dan Patrick was going to be in the 500. <laughs> damn it. Are you sure you don't just mean Jenny Fryer? Oh, God. Uh. Oh, my goodness. What would, what good would Dan Patrick be? We already have one driver that peaked in 1996, and Buddy Lazier is still trying to get his shit together. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, oh, yes. Man. In all seriousness, it, GoDaddy announced that they will be partnering with Danica Patrick to sponsor her rides for the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500. Days later, about four or five days later, it was announced that Danica had a ride for Daytona with Premium Motorsports. Mm, with a name like and that. The, <laughs> with, and a, the, <laughs> with a name like that. And the crowd goes mild. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's like no, no, the... it's it's trending all over motorsport last news. By the way, stop but using so many... buzzwords that don't mean anything, Jenna Fryer. <laughs> <laughs> but Zoe should be up to the series to find her a seat. She's Danica. <sighs> like to say it should be up to the series to decide who races and does not race in your series would be like, hey, Roger Goodell. Why doesn't Colin Kaepernick have a job right now? Like, no one would ever say mm. that. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so a little bit about Premium Motorsports. Yes, they're based in the heart of NASCAR country. They are essentially, um, you know, like a lot of these teams that have recently got out of business, like Michael Walter Racing in particular is one of them. They're basically just take what was left of those teams that have gone out of business and just run them with like a fourth of the resources. I'm not saying that Danica Patrick is going to have a hard time in this car for premium motorsports because we've seen 
We've seen unsuspecting drivers finish up at the front and, heck, nearly win this, actually win the Daytona 500. See Derek Cope in 1990 and, and uh, Trevor Bain in 2011 for more. Um, but she's not going to have it as good as she had in the last five seasons with Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah, and like a lot of people are pointing out the what I like to call intangibles around this situation, where as a crew chief, she's going to be reunited with Tony Urie Jr., and apparently her ride's going to have a technical partnership with Richard Childress Racing, and I'm like, what, what good is that going to do? We're like three weeks out from qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have all the blocks in place, but you really need about six weeks to put it all together, and you've only got three. I guess it's a good thing that they don't really like preseason tests anymore, at least not to the public eye. Yeah. Um, what's the latest on what's the latest on Danica? Danica, Danica, what's the latest on Danica's Indianapolis 500 drive? <sighs> the motorsport world needs to know. Packers Nation needs to know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're too busy, like, sacrificing, like, their firstborn to bring back Aaron Rodgers' shoulder, basically. But, um, uh, they're, 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 they're praying on that yoga. They're like, Danica, please, yoga. Aaron Rodgers back to full health. Yeah, like, get that fitness plan together. The 90-day fitness plan to work, you know, mind, body, and soul to get Rodgers back in for next September. But um, it also turns out that GoDaddy is back. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about that, Dre. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I'd remind the listeners because we have to talk about Danica more. More, more, more. Okay. I thought I'd try and start that out. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm. Let's just say well, some, be- someone got their wish and the Speedway has gotten involved. Even though the options that are left are not what people expected when we started out, and it seems to be really, you, you can't, you, the only way it could happen is through connections with the Speedway, where, you know, ah. uh, someone who's related to the owners of the Speedway, and Carpenter and Dryer Rainbow Racing, who are related to Danica as well, like, pretty much those are only two options left. People who are either related to the Speedway or Danica. Yikes. They're not bad seats. Ed Carpenter Racing can do fine things, on, especially at Indianapolis. I mean, heck, it's the reason why Ed Carpenter's still sticking around. Drive rifle racing can build a capable car, so long as Sage Karam can keep it in one piece. Yeah. And it... Mm, it, the only issue I see with this is, uh, yeah, like, Dre or Reinbolt, they've run a second car at Indianapolis before. I don't see that being an issue for them. If Ed Carpenter were to run a third car, like, they'd have to hire new staff. They was like, this would be a rough around the edges package. Indeed. And the problem is if Ed Carpenter's a racing, a lot of the time is, well... It's Ed. Like, surely Ed would put all his eggs in his own basket to try and help himself win more more than having Danica there. Like, if anything, I'd argue having Danica there is actually kind of counterproductive. And like, yeah, if 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 Ed runs a third car for Danica, what happens to Jordan King? Does Jordan King not run the Indianapolis Five Hundred? <sighs> that could be problematic. Yeah. Very problematic. I'm sure Jordan King would have probably expected, hey, like, if I'm going to be an IndyCar, I've got to run the 500, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Unless Carpenter's running four cars all of a sudden. Hmm? Uh, Unlikely. So, um, yeah, that's going to be problematic, to say the least. You know what's really problematic is the fact that Danica Patrick has six top ten finishes in, in the Indianapolis 500, and I don't think Ed Carpenter has half of that. That's, yeah, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not saying anything bad, but it's been how long since Danica has driven an IndyCar? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also that. It's been seven years. The cars are seven. way, way, way different. We are one entire new chassis, one new yeah. formula, and two revised aero kits since Danica Patrick's last driving the Indianapolis 500. 
We are a long ways from Tannicomania, yo. We're a long way from Texas. <laughs> the, the one thing I do have to say about GoDaddy is it's nice that they supported Danica. Rather than, you know, the, the guy that like won races for them and basically started an entire ad campaign for or inspired an ad campaign for them. Like oh, Zo- Zo- Zoe, Zoe, if you're hot, say you're hot. Like you know, like uh, but, <laughs> let's just say that certain Canadian didn't get the the click throughs that you know Danica did. Ha- hashtag Hinge for homepage. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Whose homepage? It can be anybody's homepage now. It doesn't have to be GoDaddy's. <laughs> He's a free hey, man. Put, put James Hinchcliffe on our homepage. He has nothing to do with this podcast. We just want to give him that homepage. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll get Steph on it. ASAP. <laughs> just because. Just because. Okay. So, oh, let me see what the poll speed was. It was 227 the last time Danica won. Let me see what the poll speed was at last year's 500. Cause it was certainly... I believe it was 232.1 with Dixon, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, the cars have gotten a whole lot faster at the Speedway. They're going get, to get faster this year because they're not going to have as much drag as they had. You know, They're going to have as much drag as they had last year because of the new Arrow kits. So they're, they're potentially going to be like 235, like really getting close to track record, but not you know easy enough to break it. This is Norman, my good luck charm. <laughs> Two thirty two every day. <laughs> so But yeah, it's it it's been it's, it has been a long time. I wanna say it was two thirty two point one was Dixon's that oh, last year. So, so that's gonna be your baseline here. Yeah, it's gonna be the fastest Danica's ever gone at the speedway, guaranteed. Yikes. That's gonna be a loss. And I like I want to say that the month of May is like oh she'll have enough practice to get into it, but it's like because of the Grand Prix now and other things, the month of May isn't as long as it used to be. Indeed, you know. But hey, we'll have Danica back, and it'll be nice for a bit. Might even have Joe Rogan around. <laughs> hey, did, did anybody? watch or listen to that episode of jre uh no i did not know because i don't have 10 hours to set aside for that no i didn't either like it's like three hours long and i was like you know what i'm i don't like danica patrick enough to listen to three hours of for the sake of a podcast i just i just don't have it in me like (laughs) being generally honest i think i like joe rogan more than danica patrick that's how low the bar was I want to see Joe I, Rogan in the booth for the Indianapolis 500, just to wake Eddie and Scott up. Like, <laughs> oh, that Honda engine is finished, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. He's out. <laughs> but yeah, what? Mm. Part of me wants to say, what are the chances, Danica? actually retires like i i'm pretty sure she's done i i want to say she's nil 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 like like she'll have like she'll like fluke a top 10 in like the daytona and then she'll be like you know what i can come back next year you you don't fluke a top 10 at daytona (laughs) you know what i meant it's like i don't think anybody's expecting her to finish that high in that sense but like no people are not expecting her to finish like Here's the thing. Why didn't she go to sports cars? Because not enough money in the game. Yeah, not enough skin in the game. Yeah, you really, you, know? you really have to care about racing to like sports cars, to to you know do that as your job. She rather not be racing at all. Yeah, if she's it, like, already got her sights set on like entrepreneurship after racing, and I mean that's okay. Yeah, you do sure. you. Sure. Do you get get your bread? Get your bread. It's, you know? it's just you know. Hag a farewell tour called the Danica Double. It, it's like, it, it's grating. It's it's grating that you feel that you need to have this big spectacular farewell tour when like most people say farewell to what? 
But that's that's like the new trend of American sports. Like Derek Jeter had an enormous retirement tour. Kobe Bryant essentially ruined his own Lakers team for the sake of a farewell tour, which I'm totally not but salty about. Only extremely popular and successful athletes get farewell tours, and that's because they choose to. In racing, we've we don't have that. Not we have we have one. Scott Pruitt announcing at the Roar Before Twenty Four. Yeah, guys, I'm hanging it up, and that's it. That's it. Uh, the only real farewell tour I can think of is Mario Andretti. Oh yeah, Mario had a farewell tour. But like Mario's farewell tour, it's like it was a long time coming. <laughs> like he was in his fifties. Yeah, uh, Mario Andretti, you can sit there and go, "Yeah, you you've been racing since 1959." Yeah, I think it might be time for you to hang up your helmet in 1994. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Different from yeah. Ford in 1993, it was just like, well, I ain't quick enough to do this shit. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough. Let's, let, let, I've had enough. I'm having I'm, I'm the gloves. My son can take over. <laughs> we got this. Uh, but again, like, it's... Finishing Daytona is still a question mark. You, you, you have to, you, you have to, you know, get your car in the race first. Yeah, that would be ideal, and that's no guarantee over that side. But to answer your question, King, I don't think this is the end. I really don't. Like, something in me says, you know what, there'll be one more race. There'll be one Uh, more. There'd be, like, either Danica does really well, and she's like, hey, I got more in me, or Danica does very poorly, and she's like, I don't want to go out like that. Like, that's that gut feeling in me. Right, that's what what I'm thinking. I think this is it, and the reason why I think it, at least on the NASCAR side of it, this is a sport that's cutting back on a lot of salaries. Um, They're they're hiring youth, they're hiring from their within, and they're they're slashing their drivers' salaries by cutting more expensive veteran drivers. Oh Um, no no no! If if I think Danica doesn't retire, she's not going to NASCAR. (laughs) She's not going to NASCAR. You reckon? I, I, I reckon it's it's Indica. Yeah, Joke I've joked about it before, but like it feels a lot some it feels a lot sometimes like that her NASCAR like, run is no, basically the blue screen of death. Like no <laughs> no offense to Pippa Man, but it really feels like Danica's heading down that route where she's going to be uh, a permanent part time fixture in the IndyCar series. <laughs> Hey man, gotta sell those books. <laughs> gotta sell those books. Work it, work it, work it fierce. Oh. But, um, you know, that's the that's the that's the that's the impression that I get anyway. You know, go daddy. You you can always go back to Hinch. Just just <laughs> throw, go back. Just throwing that out there. You know, just or, or Tim Hortons, if you would be really so kind and just sponsor James and Robert. I can have Timbits. <laughs> I need to experience yeah, this in well, my life at some point. Yeah. Well, when you come to Glasgow in the summer. Yes, and, and, and we we will eat Timbits in Jim Clark's room. Yes, <laughs> of course. The dream, the dream. Living the dream. You brought him up that time, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you love it, Zoe. Besides, there's one in Glasgow. There's one in a big shopping centre just outside Glasgow. And there's one in my mm-hmm. town. There's nowhere else. Yay! Not even London. There's one coming up in London soon. I know that they're, 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 they're slowly building one in London. So that will be a thing eventually. But Though, we're still not there yet. There is one story that has come up that I feel like we need to discuss. Do we now? <laughs> tell, tell us more. That uh, IndyCar has confirmed uh, a number of rule changes for the upcoming season, and uh, let's just say, besides an increase in minimum car weight, uh, there's they've confirmed that the points rules will now be changed for the Indianapolis 500. That mm-hmm. that yes, it'll no longer be scored as if it was a full race. <laughs> Thank God. Mm. I'm here for this. Yeah. This was always silly to me. So, like, so basically, if you make it into the Fast 9 this year, you score points. And the way it breaks down, pole sitter gets 9 points, and you go all the way down to the guy who gets 
who qualifies ninth gets a single point instead of last year where Scott Dixon got pole and got 42 points. Mm-hmm. Which probably yeah. hits, yeah. gave him the, the outsider chance comes to Noma after his big crash at the race itself. Sounds good to me. And something the drivers were hoping to get changed on the ovals, um, on the ovals, the, the lottery system that was previously used will be scrapped in favor of doing qualifying order in reverse order of entrant points. So basically reverse car like reverse car points. So your car has the, the you're the championship you're in the championship leading car, you get to qualify last. Your car has the least amount of points, you qualify first. Yikes. Okay. So, yeah, basically, pretty much all the top drivers last year said, we hate the randomness of oval qualifying. The track could be green. Uh, like, we could draw a number and end up quali- having to qualify on a green track first. They want to get rid of that, so they're like, okay, we'll just do reverse entrant points. Okay. I mean, I, I'll be honest. As, as much as I say this as a Hinchcliffe fan that benefited from the old system, Quite massively. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't be behind fifty points for Indy Five Hundred pole position. I think that's just silly. I think that is that's just too much for me. I think more than anything else. Um, so I like, yeah, I like the change for what it's worth. I mean, what do you guys reckon? Yeah, yeah, great it's, call. Yeah, great call. Uh, part of me loved the randomness on the ovals. I can see why the drivers didn't like, you know. Being, you know, oh, yeah. stuck in a situation completely out of their own control, but it, it made for entertaining racing. So I'm I a feel bit like sad. For the sake of competitive parity, though, wouldn't it be more counterproductive? Wouldn't it be more productive to have the teams that are the back end of the championship qualify last on a track that's more rubbered in? Uh, yes, but you know, that that requires logic, RJ. The top <laughs> drivers want to be the fastest guys out there. They're not going to, you know, sacrifice. They're like, hey, I hate that I get caught out on a green track, so let's all be out on a green track. No, no, no. The other thing is, it's it's that kind of a like, bo- like sort of bonus for if you're in the front half, like leading the championship, or you're in the like top five. You're go- by the time you get to go out, you're getting the more rubbered in track. The track, it's like the the pit lane organizing. Yeah, you you, you basically get rewarded for doing well, which kind of causes a cycle. Yeah, in a series where like IndyCar thrives off of competitive balance, that could be a problem. Yeah, I, I, I Dre, Dre, I say this this might sound crazy, but after every fifth season of IndyCar, every driver has to be a free agent. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> now there's an idea. <laughs> I can get behind this, personally. <laughs> Jimmy Haslam just looking at the Indian Premier League Super Draft model like, I think we got a way to bring this Browns team back to the top. <laughs> the Browns team back to the top is like, first the Grand Prix at Cleveland, next the Super Bowl. It's like, you can't hear it in the background, but I'm, I'm furiously playing the urinating tree from YouTube segment of the Browns going, oh, and 16! Which won my brother a thousand pounds, which yeah. I'm still very, very jealous of him for that one. Seriously, I wanted to stab him after 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 Pittsburgh coughed that one up. Uh. And one, one slightly minor story that our boys at Penske, Joseph Newgarden and Elio Castroneves, will be driving in Scandinavia's rallycross on ice. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're going snow racing. <laughs> Yes, they are scheduled to participate in four rounds of the Rallycross, actually two rounds of the Rallycross and Ice series, which is like a winter Rallycross mini-series that they have in Sweden and Norway during the off-season. They'll be driving in supercar lights, which is basically Rallycross's GP2. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's just just. So- and Penske, of course, looking for a way to get a one-up on Andretti and Ganassi, considering they already have established rally cross programs. Yeah. <laughs> we can do this, too. Yep. The big three go to war again, again, again. 
And I think Yikes. it's time for our main event, previewing the, what I'd like to call, the, the all-star game of American motorsport. <laughs> the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Yeah, boy. I'm going to shunt up for the next half hour. Boys, you're up. <laughs> and let's bring Zoe into this one. Now, uh, <laughs> Now, of course, there are a lot of uh, wonderful resources um, to preview this. I'm going to post a link to Andy Blackmore Design Spotter Guides so that way we can all get a look at this awesome 50-car field, three classes, 20 in the top class. We have two active Formula One World Championship drivers, and that may not be the most intriguing part of this. It, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. Time observer, you know, it, it probably let, is. Let, 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 let's call a spade a spade here, RJ, you know? Like... <laughs> You are watching this for Fernando Alonso. Yes. But you could you could be watching for a certain super team that has come back to the sport with a manufacturer looking to, you know, bring glory to the to that, you know, small place in Detroit, you know. Hi Roger. I know you you, you don't <laughs> listen to this podcast. <laughs> but we listen to you. <laughs> So, in case you missed it last year, Wayne Taylor Racing um, won this race with their new Cadillac DPI-VR. Cadillacs were very, very quick last year. They were also quick in the preseason test. They were one through four. Um, but things are different at Wayne Taylor Racing this year because Brother Ricky is not with the team because he's been hired by Acura Team Penske. Jordan Taylor and Ranger Van de Zanda and Ryan Hunter Ray are out to defend the title. Um, yep. Cadillac's still quick even after balance of performance nerfs. It's either them or it's going to be an Orica 07 LMP2 car based on the preseason testing. Then again, it is a 24-hour race, and we did see even last year the most unlikely of challengers can pop up, and the Cadillacs are certainly not bulletproof. Yes. And we do need to talk about the arrival of Penske, where they've landed Jordan Taylor. Not only have they landed Jordan Taylor, they've landed... They've landed Ricky Taylor, I mean, wow, wow, Ricky Jordan, Taylor. They've landed Jordan great, great, Taylor. Great, great start, fellas. Great start, fellas. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. They have a Taylor brother. They have a, <laughs> they have a Taylor brother. That's they awesome. have the charismatic one. Yes, they have, they have Simon. They have Simon Pagano. They have Juan Pablo Matuey. They have Dane Cameron, who's a former... Uh, Imsa prototype champion. They have Elio Castroneves, and they have Dre's favorite, Graham Rahal. Excuse me. All, all in a two-car effort um, with an with an Orca-based Acura ARX05 DPI. It looks beautiful. Um, yes. Hopefully, it's as quick as it looks. It certainly does look mm -hmm. the part. Because if any if any team is going to jump into this with both feet jumping in first, uh, it's going to be Acura Team Penske. Of course, success yes. is not guaranteed, even for a team of their pedigree. Same with Mazda Team Yost. That's Yost is in Yost Racing, the people that engineered Audi's Dynasty of Le Mans. They're back. They've got a pretty mm -hmm. intriguing driver lineup of their own with two Mazda RT24P DPIs. They've got Spencer Piggott in one car and Harry Tinkle as well. They don't have James Hinchcliffe, but they've they've also got Renee Rast in car number 77. That's your DTM champion. Yep. I'm still mad about no. I'm, I'm yeah. still. I'm still mad about no hinge. <laughs> yeah, that's that's understandable. But I'm very intrigued to see where this team goes because yes. Mazda now have a team that has a lot more research, a lot more personnel running this team that have experience at this high level. No disrespect to the folks at Speed Source, but it was clear that they could only go so far with them. Mazda team knows think there might be something there. The preseason testing times were all that convincing but there's still plenty of time especially you know as the ims season progresses oh i think we should move on to the other cadillac team oh yes um action express racing split into two parts um the number five car headed by joe Barbarossa, felipe albuquerque and christian fittipaldi um Yikes. still sore from still sore from last year's loss I'm very intrigued at the number 31 car, which has Mike Conway, Stuart Middleton, the Sunoco Challenge winner, Eric Curran, and Felipe Nazar of recent Formula One fame. Felipe Nazar do Brazil! Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> did, 
<laughs> they were passed in preseason testing. And, um, golly, looking up and down this list, of course you've got the two Tequila Patron ESM Nissans, Peepo Durrani, our, our wonderful, our wonderful, yes, hashtag Poop Durrani, still doing awesome things in that Nissan DPI. They're coming at it with a lot more horsepower than they did this time a year ago. And there's a, there's a lot of intriguing entries with the international cars. JDC Motor Motorsports were probably the underdog story of the year throughout the entire IMSA season. Um, Jackie Chan, DC Racing, and Jota. Can we talk about this driver lineup and just this one car of Lance Stroll, Felix Rosenquist, Danny Yocandela, and Robin Friends? And that's not even what team is most excited about. <laughs> because in the 78 car, they have Hope Tung, Alice Brundle, Antonio Felix DaCosta, and Ferdinand Habsburg. Yeah, J- Jota Sport is is team boys for me. That this one of their two cars. Please finish on the podium, please. <laughs> if you want a sleeper pick, though, I'm looking at Core Auto Sport in that number fifty four car just because they have Romain Dumas and Loic Duval, a combined three twenty four mm. wins between them. Um, that team's going to be one to watch, and a lot of people are looking at the number ninety car, the Spirit of Daytona Racing Team. Or as I like to call the the big K pick. Yes, the big K pick as selected by friend of the show, David Land, to win the whole thing. A very bold move, although it does make sense when you consider that they are also switching to Cadillac this season. But know who everybody is here to see? That's right. Brendan gone in the number 20 (laughs) bar one motorsports prototype. No, we're here Mm -hmm. to see Fernando Alonso. We're here to see United Auto Sports. We're here to see Nando Loris. Sorry, Lando Norris. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. How very Chris Cook of you. We're here to see Alonzo, Norris, and Phil Hansen, who's going to be the X-Factor of the team, because nobody really knows who Phil Hansen is. He's very capable of driving one sports cars, but he's not a household name to the degree of certainly Fernando Alonso. You don't say. <laughs> No they pressure. may want to watch that other United Sports Autosports entry. Yes, there's two of them because their lineup is headed by LMP2 world champion Bruno Senna and recent Williams test and reserve and occasional race driver Paul DeResta. Hopefully he actually likes this car. <laughs> oh my goodness. This, this prototype field is double C thick and it may not even be the most intriguing class. King, let's spin it on over to everybody's favorite bar fight, GTLM. Ooh, it, it, it is the bar fight of bar fights. <laughs> it is, man, last year they gave us a show and a half. Tell them, oh, yeah. we, got, we got BMW M8s in the field. And these are actual GTE cars and not just GT3 cars with some bodywork changes. We got Corvettes. We got, we got Fords. We got Porsches with the engine. Slightly above the front axle, which is a little weird, but it works. Trust me, it sounds really nice, too. And, of course, we got one Ferrari in the field run by some dudes in Houston. <laughs> As you do. Um, Just because. Yep. Um, Ford are the reigning champions. If you're looking to bandwagon the folks who have recent single-seater experience, Sebastian Fordet is in car 66, and Scott Nixon is in car 67. Uh, the 66 team of Bourdais, Joey Hand, and Dirk Muller are the defending champions of the category. In this race, the number three Corvette racing car of Antonio Garcia and Jan Magnussen, joined by Mike Rockville for this race, are the defending series champions. Of course, everybody's going to be intrigued to see how the new BMW M8 gets along. It wasn't all that quick in testing, um, so we'll see how this comes along. I'm also intrigued to see how Porsche gets along in year two of the 911 RSR. Yeah, it is... Ooh, if if you like GT cars, if you like the cars, you're you're definitely in for a show in this class. Yeah, you've got another Nick one. Tandy in one. You've got Earl the Bamber in another. You've have Earl Bamber in a car with Lawrence Van Thorpe, and for the first time in a full season on Porsche, Jan Maria Bruni of recent yep. Ferrari GT fame. Who on paper that lineup should win everything and everything. Like, like, in the words of, of, of good friend of the show, George Marlin, like, we, we have Tandy the God. That is all that needs to be said <laughs> about this. The God. But God himself is among us. But it's Daytona, <laughs> so everyone has brought a gun to a knife fight, and it ain't gonna be pretty. 
Yep. These these firearms are not registered. <laughs> no, but nobody seems to mind much. Um, GT Daytona. This is effectively your GT3 class. We've got a lot of cars here. Let's just hit the highlights. Scott Pruitt, his final race. He's driven for what? 97 years at this point. He's won about 20 Rolex 24s to his name, I guess. He's going to be driving a Lexus. He's going to be driving a Lexus RCF GT3. Um, they've got an interesting lineup of 3 GT racing with Burgos and Kara coming back in another car. And the car Scott Pruitt is driving will have former IndyCar driver, the stateless Jack Hawksworth, sticking it around. For State, stateless Hawksworth. <laughs> He's back. Yes. Um, the reigning winners from this race are not back, but the ones that almost took the, the, the runners up, Land Motorsport, um, obviously paying homage to uh, their relative David Land. <laughs> show. Um, they're back in this. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a field where the German manufacturers, particularly Audi, uh, Mercedes, AMG, and Porsche, are going to have a field day of this. But of course, they've got to get through the defending champions at Scuderia Corsa. Different driver lineup and a two-car team in this field. Every, the 63 car is the is the team that has won the last two championships, but it's a 64 car that has R.I. because it has Townsend Bell and Sam Bird as part of the driver lineup, and that's really all we need to see. Yeah. Oh, hail the flat cap! Yeah. Oh, hail the flat cap! Probably <laughs> my pick to win it would be the 44 Audi for Magnus Racing with uh, Andy Lally, Marcus Winklehawk, John Potter, and Andrew Davis. They're probably my pick to go all the way. Yes. No Magnus. one can break the Winkle Rock. <laughs> Magnus Racing also coming back after two years in the Pirelli World Challenge. And of course, Andy Lally. Having Andy Lally is uh, driving in a, in a GT category that no longer has his arch nemesis stage era in it. No, no. Oh, my he went goodness. there. Um. Porsche's got some good driver lineups. Christina Nielsen is now a Porsche driver. She's driving for right sports with Porsche mainstay Patrick Long and youngster Matthew Jaminet. I'm really intrigued about Mante racing because they've got a five-driver lineup led by youngsters Sven Muller and Matteo Cairoli, who are both really awesome in their own right. There's more Hondas. Michael Shank Racing has Catherine Legg and AJ Altmanbinger in the 86 car. And, Woo. and these cars look mean. There's also a there's also, a, there's also a new team, Honda American Racing Team, or ART, in car number 69. Nice. And that is going to be a nice car. <laughs> with, with John Falb and Sean Rahal leading the charge there. There's so many good cars in this field. Um, it's it's tough to pick a winner. It really is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to force you here, RJ. You know how this works. Give me. Give me. I'm going off the board with a car I haven't talked about yet, and that's a Mercedes-AMG Riley Motorsports car led by Jerome Blickamull and Ben Kading, car 33. Um, Ooh. They, okay. They were very impressive on their debut in this race a year ago. I think they go all the way this time. They won two races in this category last year. Give me also, um, give me also car 912 to win it in GTLM. <laughs> and, for, and for the prototype category, um, this one's tough. I've been flapping, flipping back and forth between the five and the ten. I think the five gets the Mustang sampling racing and Action Express um, gets a little bit of a get a bit get a bit of a get a bit gets a bit of a come up instead. It's very hard to say. Words are hard. It's six thirty morning. Yep. Number five card wins it. Okay. King, who are you going with? Oh, I already picked my guys. The the forty four yeah. Audi. Oh, yeah. Forty, the forty four Audi. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that was, was, yeah. So the the whole weekend starts up. Well, probably by the t- it'll probably have already started by the time this goes out. Obviously, practice starts up on Thursday. Um, we definitely race- need to put this up. During the middle of the race, when Kyle <laughs> this race of sabotage. Yeah, we're, I'm, yes. I'm just waiting for like, oh god, man, team boys, they wrecked out on lap five. 
Yeah, and, and, and of course it's all gonna. And of course everybody would blame Lance Stroll in that case, even when he didn't start it. <laughs> but, His presence of the team caused him to spin. We we Whatever got you. we got a little bit of time left, so we we talked about the Rolex Twenty Four. We need to talk about the other big event this weekend because I know if you if you listen this far in the show, you probably want to hear our opinions on this: the Royal Rumble. Who is this we? <laughs> what is this opinions? Opinions. Um, I'm picking an all-Japanese sweep of the Royal Rumbles. I think Asuka wins the Women's Royal Rumble, um, and Shinsuke Nakamura wins the Men's Royal Rumble. It's probably not going to play out like this, of course, because... I don't write... I don't work for WWE Creative. I don't know how the fuck this works. <laughs> yeah. I just like to go with the results that feel right in my gut. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think anybody knows how the WWE creative department and works I get at this very point. Very mad online with things are not run my way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I want to go with RJ. I want it to be Asuka and Nakamura, but I have a feeling if I have that just gut feeling that somewhere deep down, looking ahead at WrestleMania, just like just glaring out his window, just Vince McMahon's gonna be like. I need Rousey to win the Rumble. Not even the best UFC fan <laughs> they could have gotten. No. Oh god. Um. Jeez. Me. Like. I. I want Shinsuke Nakamura to win the Rumble, but I have a bad feeling it's going to go to John Cena. Um, him being the free agent, I think it gives him the most wiggle room, creatively speaking. So I think I think it's going to be Cena's year to win the Rumble, which will split the internet like he always does. Why? Because John Cena. <laughs> but it's like, again, like it gives you freedom. But what would they do? Like, yeah, John Cena has a main event at WrestleMania. Like he's cashing just, it in to be the star of the new Duke Nukem. <laughs> It's I did hear about been, this. It's already been decided. Uh, I'm um, busy, Scott Dixon. <laughs> yeah, sure. Scott Always Dixon. a solid pick. Scott Dixon oh. on a fuel economy run. There's no cars in this Royal Rumble. Nah. It's amazing. He's lasted 50 minutes. Nah, he's going he's to be the 65-minute man. <laughs> <laughs> Just and, and he'll eliminate 14 people in the process because, <laughs> because it's Dixon. Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Break all the records, you know. I would but, have no um, problems with Roman Reigns winning again in Philadelphia just to make people upset again. No, I, I'm not here for Roman Reigns, everybody. Like, sorry, I'm, I'm that for, guy. I'm here for Roman Reigns because he shows up to work, he wrestles some fun, entertaining matches, and he doesn't get himself in trouble by disrespecting women. By comparison, he's amazing as a wrestling talent. Yeah. I want him to main event the next 20 WrestleManias until he's 60 years old. And like, um, say, say with me, people, have higher standards. Two K eighteen. K thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Cena will win the Rumble on my end. I've always said that. I think that I think Asuka will take the women's side as well. It's, it's natural progression. You, you, you're building Asuka to be a beast. Having her win the Rumble makes sense. Um, even if, even if Rousey shows up and gets flipped out. But um, yeah, I, I I think it's Cena's time this year. I think it's, it's, I think it's Cena's. It's Cena's time. He's, he's never had. He's, he's been due a push. Um, yeah. You know, he never seems to have him these days. But like, um, I, I, you know. I don't know. His theme song always seems to be like his time is now. It, well, you know, if, if if the boot fits, Kim, <laughs> if the boot fits, you know, but it's, like, it's time. Then okay, but quickly before we we're gonna wrap it up. Then then what would. A, a main event at WrestleMania be with John Cena. How, how do you book that? Um, just, just put him in. Just put him in with Styles again. <laughs> Zach Brown does it again. We get Cena versus Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Brown. <laughs> Fernando Alonso off the top rope. Oh, he's had a wardrobe malfunction. Another failure for Fernando in his career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Why did oh you beat a little Honda dressing? <laughs> Once again, it's conked out right at the main, right at the main event. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I book it. I, I, I book Alonzo over Cena due to interference from Oscar. It's it book it, Vince. Hmm. 
I'm, I'm okay with this. No, we're we're we're. I mean, we're overlooking as well Lewis Hamilton and his experience <laughs> in the Lucha Libre ring. <laughs> I, I I don't know what chance would be louder. Would it be Lewis sucks or Cena sucks? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that, that, that's my answer to the question yes no, I'm on that one so yeah enjoy the Royal Rumble this weekend if you're watching that enjoy the Rolex 24 if you're watching that this weekend and I think it's about time we get out of the dodge um, faces you can find us one more time we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101 we are on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101 we're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101 um, we're our personal Twitter is obviously at Harrison101HD at Ryan Eric King at RJ O'Connell and at we Zoe and if you really really like us you can back us on Patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 don't forget five dollars to get you early access to both this show and bike live which returns next week from the Sapang test so until next time Sorry, thanks very much for listening <laughs> <laughs> Sleep with one eye open tonight, King. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) Later, y'all. I have been upstaged. I, I had my, my... to do it. I had to do it. No, no, you didn't have to do it. He did. You stole my exit. <laughs> now you know he how I has. feel. That's the one thing that's sacred to me, King. Now you know how I feel, Dre. <laughs>